Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare, Chris Ragg, and Peter Coghill of Aleph. And this week, we're discussing <laughs> teleportation. Nick, take us somewhere by whatever means. Yeah, so the other, the other week, I was... Uh, in Hazelmere with Peter uh, and I was wondering I was looking at the trains and it turned out there were loads of trains going into central London great from Hazelmere in the evening wow and I was like well that's weird because rush hour is the other way around people are coming out of London and going back to the provinces yeah and um, Peter correctly pointed out because he's an engineer yeah that for the trains to come out of London they have to get into London in the first place I hadn't even considered this. That's why um, he gets the big bucks. Exactly. So, uh, so, but, so I was thinking, well, you know what would be great is if you could teleport the trains back to central London, um, not have to drive them back. Uh, but then it occurred to me that if you could teleport a train, you could just teleport yourself home. And that's why you get the big bucks. Exactly. So it's like, well, teleportation seems like it solves one problem, but mm. it might actually solve some completely different problem that I hadn't thought of. So... Uh, I think what we want to talk about is, well, what if we could have teleportation? First of all, how how might it work? Um, and then, you know, what impact do we think it might have on society if we could teleport ourselves around? And and also then, I, I, you know, what, what kinds of questions does it raise about, um, you know, uh, sort of the identity of the teleported thing? And uh, the, you know, the, the, are you the same person? who was teleported and all of those questions. So lots of things to worry about. Mm. I think about this a lot. Okay. Right. So this is rather exciting. Yeah. Um, when you're running late. Well, I'm, uh, I mean, that doesn't really happen. So, <laughs> mm. um, okay. Well, look, this feels like it might be a slightly messy one, but let's jump into the mess. Um, Fraser would still be late, even if he could teleport himself, because he would just, he'd leave it right to the last minute and then he'd realize he needs a time machine as well. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Right, because if you can have a teleporting device, well, let's let's just you know add a little bit. Yeah, another, you just um, literally get out of bed one minute before your meeting in central London. Yeah, and you still turn up late. But also, I'm disappointed by your besmirching of my reputation. I'm disappointed by that. Okay, but I'm as disappointed by these two. Um, I mean, who not jumping to your defence? Who, as ever, have not <laughs> leapt to my defence? <laughs> and I'm, and also, I'm aggrieved or outraged by the fact that I mean, of all of us, you're the one who's always bloody late, not me. So enough of this. <laughs> Whoever wants to kick off, kick off. Well, I think we're we're going to discuss some of the ways it might work. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Peter, you're, I've got some. I got some advice from a physicist I know. But um, Peter might have. Well, come I got up with no advice more. from any physicist I know, I, but I'm an engineer. You're yeah, an engineer. Exactly. I winged it. So yeah, I just, God. I ran some it. numbers. Right. So, um, <laughs> so, assuming we go for a model where um, the individual is in some way deconstructed at the the origin and then reconstructed at the, the destination, yeah. um, there's a few, not, uh, well, you know, I, I not wanting to totally rain on our parade but there's some serious practical considerations to consider go for it okay and so we thought it was going to be easy yeah this yeah and we thought it was going to be easy so boring but, anyway, but, but these, no, no. these don't sound you know too complicated we're yeah. aleph insights right so we, we, we can do we this can um you're aleph I, I i must point out i am an engineer i'm not a physicist so i'm probably going to make a bunch of physicists very angry about this but mm. um here's some 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 thoughts so first point matter manipulation it's pretty hard right 
we can we we've got 3D printers now. Mm. But they're not they're not probably not good enough. I wouldn't have thought they don't they don't print on a molecular level. Well, um, we we need to go probably for an atomic level 3D mm. printer as well, don't we? Because unless you've got every type of molecule that someone's made of to hand somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you can have to build the molecules. They're really hand. slow as well. It's yeah. quicker getting the train to yeah. be honest. And um yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so or even at a subatomic level, because then you then you're dealing with fewer particles. So if you had a sort of uh, fundamental particle three uh, D printer, you could probably deal with that. But so that's that's hard, right? Mm. But we'll solve that another day. Mm. Then I thought, well, it occurred to me that Heisenberg's uncertainty principle tells us that we can't be entirely sure of both the position and speed of any particle, um, such as an electron or whatever that we're whatever size particle we're dealing with, even atoms. Mm. So we're never going to get perfect reproduction on the other end. It's always going to be a poor facsimile. Of You're going to come out slightly a fly. You're going to come out slightly different. <laughs> like Mike now, TV. This might, yeah. this may or may not have um, like immediate effects. Maybe you are, an, maybe you're a very different person because your atoms are slightly to the left than they were when they went in. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I think there might be a sort of interesting degradation effects with multiple trips like photocopying someone yeah like photocopying yeah. someone you start coming apart at the edges a bit okay so those, those are two quite big ones power requirements this is probably the easiest to yeah. solve i think yeah so um assuming assuming you've got a human body plus clothes and suitcase and whatever it is they're carrying 100 kilograms einstein's mass energy equivalence tells us that that is uh approximately 8.98 times 10 to the 18 joules. That's nine exajoules. That's of energy. right. Yep. Is that a lot? That's quite a lot. Put that into perspective. It's more than eight exajoules. The SAR bomber, sure. <laughs> the single greatest instantaneous release of energy that humans have ever yeah. produced, was uh, 58 megatons, equivalent to about two, 243 petajoules. So that's equivalent to about four SAR bombers. Um, going off we oh. have to both deal with the energy of deconstructing somebody to converting their matter and putting it somewhere probably back into energy or um or uh, and on the other and on the um, destination end so that's at both ends of the journey yeah, yeah. but there were, were, I, this is so i can give you some this is what i asked about my physicist contact he said if you want to turn it from matter into energy you can only really do that with antimatter that that basically the way that you balance up matter you can't mm. just take matter positive matter and turn it into energy right? right you've got to have some antimatter to begin with yeah. where do you get it well you can make apparently you can make antimatter and uh normal matter from energy right yeah. so that's how we do it so we got some assuming we get some antimatter first we destroy you with the antimatter we beam the energy and the information to reconstruct you to the destination. Okay, so you're where transporting you're, the energy, are you? Yeah, okay. and then the energy is then converted into the positive matter to make you. Right. And right. this is the brilliant bit, a little jar of antimatter. <laughs> but we've got to get that antimatter eventually by the slow train or something. It has to has to be physically transported yeah. mm. back to... There's going to be a deficit of matter yeah. somewhere. Well, I was, I was so, imagining a world where we would, wouldn't transport the energy, but the, we would transport the information. Um, and we would, but we'd end up with a big surplus of energy at the destination. Yeah. Sorry, at the uh, at the origin and a huge surplus uh, de deficit at the destination. So, but assuming that there's people going backwards and forwards, you could probably balance it all out. But you're going to need a pretty big sort of 
battery capacitor. Right. Battery. So this is the same <laughs> problem that we have with the trains going yeah. into Waterloo. Yeah. That we've got to somehow get that energy yeah, from so the place just, where everyone is. We're just punting is... that train problem right. down the road a bit. Nightmare. But just put that in further context. This so, was supposed to be a solution. Now yeah. we've just created extra problems. So the, U, the, U, the UK energy usage every in 2021 was 5.6 exajoules. That's 5.6 times 10 to the 18. Um, so about so to transport one person, you'd use entire energy usage, including all the car fuel, um, log burners, ev everything. Um, you'd use half the yearly UK usage in the year. But if you but them. you'd need that to create the first bit of antimatter. Yeah. Which would charge the initial yeah, yeah, yeah. transport. Yeah. 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 So we basically we basically do nothing for a year other than make antimatter with this energy that we're making. Yeah. And then we've got our first trans. But once you've got that and the energy's in the loop. You're all right. Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's just easy time. Yeah. But then, but just, but that's that's just the matter recreation destruction. Yeah. What what we haven't taken into account is the amount of information, the, the energy required in taking a blob of matter and putting it into the right structure. It's got to be built. Yeah, that's right. There's probably a big big wadge of energy there, which I didn't really know how to go about calculating. So we're going to need a hell of a battery to sort of momentarily store all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then finally, bandwidth, right? So there's a nice little paper by some uh, by the University of Leicester. Um, so they calculated the number of bits represent information represented by a single human cell as ten time ten to the ten bits of information. Mm. Now, assuming that we can take one cell which contains everything we need to know about the person because it's got their DNA, their mitochondrial DNA, and we can sort of extrapolate from there and build them. So assuming we... Oh, okay, yeah, interesting idea. Um, we've got a bit of compression there. Well, except for then you'd be recreating them as a baby and they might not like that. Well, no, but if you... you yeah, got to take so all of their memories. You send a sort of pattern with them of what their brain looked like and everything else. So right. the brain... But yeah, so they all, also their brain contains approximately uh, two and a half times 10 to the 42 bits of information. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot, right? Yeah. So, um, right, we're, we're if we're a bit strapped for cash and we can't afford any decent... We're just using Wi-Fi version 6, say. Yeah. yeah. That's 10 gigahertz <laughs> in perfect conditions. Um, it would take about 243 tera-years OMG uh, uh, to transport somebody <laughs> over that link. Uh, the universe, by the way, is only 14 billion years old. Um, uh, if, you, if you want to go fully lossless and you aren't happy with the sort of extrapolating from a single cell model, it gets about 30 trillion times worse. Hmm. Right. That's a long that time buffering, really, isn't it? That's I a have long to say, it's a big buffer. I too. think yeah. you've done some brilliant maths there, and I'm I'm disappointed because I thought so. It's no good just getting the uh, the BT Infinity upgrade no, router. I we're we're going to need the job. right crumbs. Well, I, I'm in fear of uh, our parade on our sunny day. Um, that it feels like some you know stormy but clouds those, might be gathering. All in of this, those minor problems aside, yeah, they're just they're just they're just engineering challenges. They're yeah, just practical exactly. ones. We yeah, but we've got, a, I think, quite a concrete way forward in Brilliant. our teleportation okay. company. Here. Well, yeah, talking yeah. of blobs of matter, Nick, um, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what we're saying is that it can be done in theory. Yeah, we'll get it done next week. Yeah, yeah. So it can be done in theory. Yeah. Um, 
so the the gist being and i think this is there's some sort of deficit at one end which is interesting to me like i think what we're saying is there's no way of doing this uh which doesn't mean that something is being drawn from one end and used at one end and sort of created at the other end so it is it is interesting that that's the trains problem again mm. but in in the sort of simple model it's it's matter like if you could take existing matter and turn it into a person then you're you're obviously using up matter at that end and you're kind of getting leftover matter when you've disassembled the person at the other end even if you try and do it with you know creation and destruction of matter itself then you're ending up with a deficit of antimatter yeah. and and then you've got you know with the energy problem which as peter says you know you are, either you transmit the energy uh, or but you know or or you use it up but it, the point is that it's not fr it's not free the idea of that this could be sort of free which I'd kind of imagine there might be a way of doing it, but there, there just isn't. Feels a bit there tricky. Isn't. So anyway, I think we, we've so well, we sketched uh, out well, how it might... there's, another, there's other potential models if we can find some way of contorting space-time so that that distance is no longer a thing. Um, that might be an option, but we'd need a physicist on board for that. Um, well, let's assume that we let's assume that we've solved these minor technical mm -hmm. issues. Uh, how what would effect would it have tele having teleportation and and i think here we do have to start think of thinking about some uh, assumptions like for one thing at least for the foreseeable future i think what we're saying is that this teleportation doesn't just beam you to a place where you appear right there's just no way of doing that this is the the sort of destination end and the sending end have to be quite complex yeah, it's a pieces of, of machinery. Required, yeah, so it, it, again, it's it, we're back to the sort of terminals model. In that, you know, we're not. It's not like you can just beam yourself oh, to your you bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to rock up at the teleportation, you know, sending place, get into the thing, and pop out at the other end. Some speed of light transportation. So if you're going to Mars, it's still gonna take you know what a couple of minutes or something. How for how many light minutes is it to Mars? Quite uh, a long, well, half an hour question. or something. It's quite yeah. a, quite a way uh, in terms of speed, light to, to to Mars. We're talking minutes, mm. um, and and then you get out the other end. But even then, you're not. It's not like you've appeared in your office. You're you're in a you're in the teleportation hub, and Mars so, is quite big. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's. I think you know. It's it, it, already. It's like it's not. It's not the kind of free transport we were envis envisaging. Beam yourself anywhere. Yeah. Um, but what does it do? So is it is it? So the question is: Is it like? Is it basically just like having really cheap transport, or is it? Have we just suddenly created another load of admin palaver? Well, exactly, <laughs> because one of the things you were saying there, okay, with uh, Peter's sort of, you know, well thought out and explained obstacles, is we say, okay, right. Well, look, look, notwithstanding those, what about this then? But then you've got a whole bunch of other practical stuff as well. We've not even talked about the lack of atmosphere on Mars, for example. You know, so certain other things in these places. Mm. Um, do you think? Let, let's give up. Let's let's not do no. it. So, do you, well, uh, can I can I tell you a bit about the history of transportation? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. Yeah, a man can walk at about three miles an hour. Yes. Um, apparently, under the speed under sail of ancient ships actually right up to the medieval times was apparently something like five miles an hour yeah that's interesting isn't it so a bit like maybe a bit more than but not you know at most twice walking speed 
So so right up for the history for the for you know at least a hundred thousand years, um, we're going at, at three miles an hour and perhaps up to five miles an hour for you know a couple of thousand years. Then the horse, which goes at about apparently somewhere between seven to ten miles an hour. Um, so so we've sort of multiplied our speed by three when we when we've got horses tamed. Um, the, the high point of sea travel was the uh, 19th century clippers. Mm. Um, the Sovereign of the Seas, apparently the fastest sail ship ever made, built in 1852, uh, 25 miles an hour. So, you know, we're now, we're now up to getting on for 10, 10 times walking speed. Um, and that's about the same speed as early trains. Uh, cars, you know, 20 times walking speed. Modern trains, 100 miles an hour, 30 times even an aeroplane, um, it's it's sort of 500 miles an hour or so. So that's kind of, t you know, 100, 100, factor of 100 or so times faster than walking speed. Um, those have had really significant effects to the point that I think we, I, personally, I see plane travel. It's kind of teleportation. As teleportation. Like, you can go anywhere in the world under a day. That might as well be the speed of light in terms of the, the difference it makes to me i think i don't know but but the 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 point is that it feels to me like even though like the difference between planes and teleportation is 500 miles an hour to the speed of light but the difference in terms of how much it, you know for if i want to travel to china for dinner we're talking about a few hours difference you know, it's going to be like yeah, I'm only lopping off yeah, that last yeah. that last little sort of getting it over the edge. You know, what I'm saying is that walking to China is months and months and months. Flying to China is, you know, a less than a day. Teleporting well, yourself to China, is, it's about a day with check-in and security. Yeah, and yeah, but the point is, it's like we we brought we brought months down to a day, and teleportation only really saves us like. You know, most of a day. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, is it actually going to make much difference? Yeah. Chris? Well, and yet that the difference, I think it's that, that last bit, the, you know, the thought, how often do we go to Australia? Never, you know, never been. Right. Quite. Okay. It's too but far, it's, right? It, it's, it feels too far away, right? And it, and it, so there is actually... A difference. Now, I'm not saying that if it if you had to walk there and then paddle your way there, that that would be in some way comparable to flying there. But I still think of of a of that sort of length of flight as a real barrier to me to me traveling that 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 distance, yeah. um, and to the point where it actually dissuades me from from doing it. And I think the idea that you could just sort of walk through a door. And be in Australia, that would be hugely, hugely different. So, you know, I mean, if you look at the number of journeys between Australia and, and uh, say, the UK, they've obviously gone up, right, from mm. where they were. But they're not, it's not a daily occurrence. And most UK residents haven't been to Australia, yeah. right? So, so the difference it would make is potentially enabling everybody to go whenever they yeah. they wanted. I, I wonder. Um, but, but to be fair, though, I mean, you're, what you're not factoring in is the fact that we've we've actually met quite a lot of Australians here. That's true, and that's probably putting us off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we've, you've got to eat, you know, level that out. That bit of yeah. Data why as go well. to Australia when you could go to Wandsworth? Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry, Peter. 
I wonder, I mean, the trepidation about travel for me is less <laughs> about the time or has been less about the time. It's more about the cost, really. So um, I wondered what, for you, Chris, is it the cost as well? Because well, yes, I mean, per- perhaps. Is, I mean, it's not, ch- it's not cheap. But if if I if I could pay twice as much to get there instantaneously, I definitely, I mm, definitely okay. would. I, I suspect that might be a similar conversation, though, as in terms about the time getting sh- shorter and shorter over the years. I'm sure, in relative terms, well, the cost is, is you know, relatively, the, the but, thing but nonetheless, is, we still use ships, right? <clears throat> we use ships, even though they're slow. Because um, they're cheap, it, yeah. and and the basic in general, and I guess this is intuitive. The the faster you want to go, the more expensive it is, mm. and and if you look at the cost per trip, um, uh, in terms of just fuel, look at the fuel costs for a five hundred mile trip. Um, it's about seven thousand dollars in a plane, and twenty dollars on an electric scooter. So for a 500 mile trip, the fuel cost is stag. The difference is, is you know, a factor of hundreds, of uh, and um, and I can only assume that this teleportation wheeze. Bear in mind, by the way, that we, you know, as we said, we still want to get to the teleportation hub. Let's assume that's a ch- at least a tube journey away, or you've got to drive there and park. So you're, st- you're still looking at an hour or two to get to Australia, and 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 the thing that and I'm- it's going to cost you. Thousands and thousands of pounds yeah. by analogy, but I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I'm just saying the thing I hadn't really considered when you th- when you look at all of these um, uh, the science fiction based on um, you know interstellar travel and the idea of you know warp drive or you know whatever whatever it is. Um, but this model of actually you you need a dissembler and an assembler. You know, at, at either end, it's like. Oh, so actually, you'd have had to get, you'd have had to get out there in the first place to build the thing with all the stuff, mm. uh, and that kind of puts puts paid to the idea. Because I was thinking, well, the obvious implication of of teleportation is we can access loads more resources all around our galaxy and potentially beyond, right? But but actually, n- not really if your model is you need a teleporter at the other end, unless there's some, you know, kindly aliens over there that want to want Have to got build the same, same yeah. protocols. And, and yeah. Jodie Foster can send the plans for yeah. how to yeah, build exactly. teleporter. Well, that, isn't that the plot of Contact or yeah, something? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But, but, it, but I, mean, I mean, yeah, the, so, and I think there is no getting around. I, I, I can't think of, or my understanding of physics um, is such that I can't, I, I would imagine there is just no way around the fact that if you're converting matter into information and back, you need a machine to do that. You know, it's just there is not a physical yeah. process you can exploit where you kind of beam the information somehow a certain distance and then somehow get it to know it needs to stop now and turn back into a human being. I just don't think there's any getting around that. Okay. So it turns out that teleportation, it, it, it's quite tricky, right? And we've been talking about some of the practical considerations, yeah? Mm. That was the first thing we talked about. And then we've had a think about saying, well, actually, in, in, in some ways, you could consider us already teleporting, right? So far, what we've been talking about is very much the practical um, considerations. We can stay on that track, or we can shift gear or direction slightly and teleport, if you like, um, into um, a more conceptual side of it. Because I think that could be yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. Well, I think what's the implications? And if mm. we if we just yeah. go full yeah. full full sort of, let's say you could teleport from one point to another. 
I'd be in, and let's say everyone had the ability to do that. Right. I, I'd, I'd like to explore that if you think that's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we should also explore whether actually we want to do it. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It so could, there, yeah. Are certain eth there are certain ethical implications. Ah. Right. Okay. Well, you go off with that, Peter. Yeah. Okay. So, well, so, right. So, my, the mo the, our model of um, having machinery, machinery that deconstructs you and then machinery that reconstructs you. Um, only really works, or it's only really sort of palatable, I think, if you take a, re a, a purely materialist standpoint, where you, you, you assume that you are essentially a product of all of the physical things you are made out of. Sounds... Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, right. keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does your soul get teleported? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so like, yeah. What, what, what's the role of the soul in this, and etc.? Um, because you know, Derek Parfit... Uh, uh, has a uh, the, the wrote, patron philosopher of the cognitive exactly, yeah. podcast wrote, 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 wrote about the teleportation paradox. So, are you the same person if you have been pulled apart atom by atom and then put together again atom by atom? Are you the same person or not? Uh, or have you just created a copy and destroyed the original? In which case, is there a, is there some sort of problem of continuity of of you? Um, that that it would be unpalatable. And if you are a copy, does it matter? But yeah, so yeah, um, like, and what? Yeah, and so the thought experiment here is like, well, what happens if the machine goes wrong or is, is reprogrammed so that the, the the original doesn't get destroyed? You, you essentially here then have two people who have all the same memories as you, but they are essentially two different people. As a warning point. to us, we need to be careful not to um, tread over similar ground to well-known philosophical debates. Uh, and thought experiments when things like Family Guy, um, and uh, they do and, and Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yes, they're always think, doing this I kind of this stuff. This sort yeah. of thing, and and uh, well, I mean, it's uh, uh, well, I, I well, it's like the ship of Theseus, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. And well, the ship of the the, the, so the Theseus paradox is interesting because that's sort of yeah, what counter argument. I don't know about this. What's that? So the the ship of Theseus, uh, Theseus it's triggers paradox. broom. Triggers broom. Yeah, what? Triggers broom is the the, the sort of. Um, the, the idea, you know, the, the 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 gag in Only Fools and Horses, where mm. Trigger says, "I've had this broom for thirty years ah, or whatever." Yes, 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 yes. And then he says, "But I've replaced the handle, you know, seven yeah, I've only times." Only had to replace yeah. the handle three times and the head seven yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah go on, is yeah. it the same broom then? Because you, your body, and to a large extent, your mind are very different. They're different physical materials, different physical atoms than they were. When you were a child, I mean, your body refreshes maybe every decade or so completely. Mm. Um, so you're not physically the same person. So does it does that make it okay? Yeah, but I mean, and, but if we and, just accelerate that, like the thing is, okay, if we forget about teleportation, if someone just de somehow disassembled Peter and then recreated an exact copy in his place right now, no one would know. Not even Peter would know, mm. because an exact copy would be there whose last memory was just sitting on the sofa. It feels so, like it doesn't so, matter well, unless we know what happened with the other Peter. Well, I mean, that's where I'm going, really. Like, like, it, so it's hard to say the fact that if if we're saying it's actually literally indistinguishable and no one would notice, and there's not really any conceivable way of noticing, and there's no test we can do, then what's the difference between him just sitting there being Peter the whole time? Mm. And if you and if you sort of accept well actually there isn't really a difference like it's almost like every instance there's a whole new peter then what does it matter if suddenly that whole new peter is on mars mm. rather than here mm. like uh, what who are you to say and if an ex exact copy appeared 
I think you'd have to be forced to conclude that they were both Peter. But now they've diverged because they've got different experiences. But up until it's fair to say that each of them is identical with the original Peter. Very Aleph. And uh, just I, how close we but are. But it's getting... just that that doesn't happen in real life. So we haven't. So it seems weird to us. Yeah. But I don't think I mean, I think that's the only reasonable conclusion to come to is, well, they're both Peter. So so if we're destroying the original, which I think is a good idea because we don't want two of them running around, <laughs> then uh, that's fine. Nobody's complaining. It's just this problem of when it goes wrong and they forget to destroy the original Peter. Yeah. Um, or. or, or recreated peter is slightly different in some way in a it becomes evil peter yeah yeah evil peter. well i think um i but 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 or it gets stuck someone leans on the button and you get a hundred or a thousand yeah of them. yeah imagine a whole planet of peter yeah wow um yeah be like the stormtrooper yeah. a planet without beauty but all the trains would work yeah <laughs> yeah planet yeah. peter oh, yeah ironically all the trains would work yeah um uh chris yeah i was just gonna say um you know another another um implication consequence of this is 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 going to be cultural obviously i mean one of the reasons cultures exist is because of geographical separation uh and um you know one of the reasons we still yes we're, we're globalizing because we share information but there are still cultural distinctions that are based on geography what happens if you eradicate the meaningfulness of of um of geographical separation um there's a really interesting if everything is next to you everything is next to yeah. you effectively yeah and every person is next to you more, yeah. more or less um there's there's a really good uh book called children of time by um science fiction author um adrian tchaikovsky and uh it is about um interstellar travel but not by um not by uh teleportation but by basically people being frozen in cryogenic suspension and traveling sort of you know through possible measures um and uh but on it they they awaken different people at different stages in the journey and some people are awake and, and uh you know um procreate and create you know um people who are born in space and others it's simply the, the matter of a passing of a few seconds, you know, 500 years. Mm. And so you get all this sort of mixed up. But one of the things that emerges is the culture of travel, right? You know, there are these people, the whole sort of Canterbury Tales idea of actually travel is part of what forms us going from one place to, to another, as well as separating cultures. That journey between them is is part of where culture is is formed in some way. That's so, why I yeah, tell myself every time I go through passport control. It's, exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, the admin and the pain in the arse of travel is what's is making me a better person. I, yeah. Well, I, 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 no, I'm pleased because this confirms um, a, a little motto that I came up with, which um, in travel, it's not the destination, you know. It's the, 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 the friends we make along so, the way. It's so the journey. profound. It is, isn't um, it? Yeah. So, so I, about this, I, uh, so this is a really interesting question. If you look at, you know, what the effect of re reducing c travel costs and increasing, you know, speed and so on has been, um, as Chris says, it tends to, it tends to promote this kind of uh, economic concentration. So you get, you know, you get um, uh, you, you, you no longer need to produce things near where the markets are. You can produce them where it's cheap to produce them. Hence, outsourcing to China. That certainly wouldn't have been possible, you know, 200 years ago. You had to make stuff near where the people were um who were going to buy it you know whereas now travel costs is a tiny percentage of the cost of producing stuff you know so it, it just it means that you know you, you geography ceases to become a thing and and now the question is 
is that that effect of homogenization of sort of removing geography is that actually gonna uh Wor let's say worsen homogenization accelerate homogenization or if we could teleport around is it does it actually mean that we can preserve different things how they are so where i'm going i suppose is you know partly uh, the reason that you know say london is so is has a sort of you know internet cosmopolitan international feel where you know there's lots of different cultures there you could say it's sort of you know fairly rootless and fairly geography free um, but partly that's because in order to, you know, to have um, food from Japan and China and India, we've had to bring those things to the UK. We, mm. we, we now are experiencing bits of foreign culture because those bits have had to come here. But if we could just go to India to have our, um, you know, Indian meal, maybe maybe it could stay in India. That's probably the best, probably the best Indian restaurant in the world is in India somewhere. Mm. So, you know, that actually we stop needing Indian restaurants in the UK and we go back to just having ploughman's lunches and and a mm. uh, and a pickled egg. Um, and and, you know, then it sort of feels like, well, actually, maybe this this would mm. promote uh, specialization um, in the um, same way that it promotes specialization in in, you know, production. Um Sorry, and also I'm just jotting down some random stuff here. I don't want to get too much back into the practicalities. And, um, but some other sort of problems, potentially. Disease, right? Um, you start, suddenly oh, start yeah. spreading diseases around oh, yeah. a lot, even more rapidly. Um, security. Now, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even talking about big stuff, like people going, oh, let's go to that nuclear power station and blow it up and stuff like that. I'm thinking, even like, there you are at home. Like, you don't want someone teleporting into your home. You don't. You know, yeah. when, you know, but, but could you teleport a nuclear bomb right into the middle of... Um, you know, into the middle of the enemy HQ. Yeah, yeah. so maybe, yeah. Uh, but also things like, um, you know, transport can be a lovely, um, or failure of transport can be a lovely excuse. Like, Nick rings me up mm. again saying, Fraser, do you want to come out for a drink tonight? You know, and I go, oh, well, you know, it's a bit far away and the tube's on, you know. But if I've got this teleportation thing, then, well, I haven't really got an excuse anymore, right? Yeah. Um, like yeah. And that's just to start, right? It's I'm quite sure nice having the glue of, um, you know, physical distance to keep you in your place sometimes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, what is to stop you? Yeah. So we're losing the joy of travel yeah. for the f in, to begin with, um, which, which, you know, admittedly modern plane travel is not very joyful, but I, train travel is nice. You know, it's still it's nice to sit there for a few hours and be, un, you know, you can't be distracted by stuff. You sit there and read. So we're losing that. And... Yeah, and we, we're also losing. We're losing that kind of. Um, we're the losing safety of of, of distance. Yeah. The safety of distance. That's right. The, the sense that you know. Oh, well, here at least I'm a long way away from you know from humanity. You go on holiday to the middle of nowhere, and you're like, well, I'm a long way away from everyone. Uh, oh, I forgot to pick up my. Uh, you Got know, pick glasses, up that book. I'm yeah. just gonna. I'll just beam home. Yeah. And uh, get my book, have a cup of tea while I'm there. And yeah. I've been back on holiday. Well, where's the fun in that? And also, it would be so mentally discombobulating, right? If you just, you know, nip back, you know, for five minutes to do whatever, and then suddenly with some other people, it would just yeah. be too and much. Th and that's why, that's why I'm, I'm inclined to think it would, it would promote sameness because people would, would want, would want the. Th things they they would want everything to be familiar they would be going to these places all the time it would be inevitable that they would become familiar but then then they're not 
Then on the other hand, I sort of think, <laughs> right, why, why do people go to Hollywood, right? Mm. It, it's, you know, why, why do actors go to Hollywood? It's because that's where the film industry is. And, mm. But also so that they can be with like-minded people. So, I, so you know, I, I think there is an element of um, constantly being in the, in, the, in the vicinity of people who are like-minded that you would still get ge- yeah. you would still but get but geographic but hubs of stuff. They are. They are still in the vicinity. They're, yeah. they're not physically in the vicinity. Yeah, vicinity no longer means anything. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Again, if you're a religious person, great makes pilgrimages all the easier. And yet we get back to that, you know, the point of a pilgrimage. Yeah, where's the sacrifice? Is, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm starting to have my doubts about this whole teleportation yeah. thing. Yeah, I, uh, particularly if we go down, if we if we do end up with something as you describe, I feel like it's, you know, we, we, which we can just beam anywhere at any time for zero, sort of almost zero cost. I think it's one of those things. It seems like something we really want. Um, and as soon as we as soon as we have it, we uh, because it's so unnatural, we massively overconsume it to a level where we shouldn't you know we've, we've wanted our entire life to be able to travel more quickly and so when we finally get that we just do it all well the it's, time. A, it's a little like the the, the um, analog is is like the idea of of streaming on demand services okay. where where you you go well I like this thing I want more of it it turns out actually it was sort of better when it was scarce yeah. and limited, you know, to certain chunks of time. Yeah, diet, diet same thing, you know, the, the, how, yeah. how easy it is to get calories now. And we, you know, it's, it, it, so to, mm. we do it to... Maybe it could still work if, I mean, we need to draw this to a conclusion, but maybe it could still work if we just limited it to just a handful of people, for example, us. Um, and we had a limited number of, you know, like the genie and three wishes, you know, maybe, maybe that's the answer. But it, it feels like it's just sort of kicking the can down the road a bit. And in itself presents problems. Um, look, where uh, I feel quite downcast now, but I mean, mm. we need to wrap up. Um, is there anything we want to say? Um, anything you, you've got before we do? And I, I'm sure I've got a question on this, but um, yeah, anything where we want to finish this off? No, I, uh, mm. I, just to pick up something that Chris said. It's just I, I think there is a sense in which this would exacerbate the kind of winner takes all elements of. Um, of the uh, of, of sort of the modern economy, um, you know how everything is like. Everything is now Spotify. Everything is Amazon. Everything's Taylor Swift, um, because you know you can just consume everything anywhere. You couldn't be Taylor Swift five hundred years ago. There's no way of someone on the other side of the world hearing what you're doing. Every town had to have its own Taylor Swift. Now we only need one, right? Um, I, I'm just concerned that okay, well, you know, the best Indian restaurant in the world. Well, everyone goes there. A hundred thousand people go there every night now because you just can. Like a moony wedding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so I, I just, I, I think what we've concluded is no, we should stop this teleportation at once. Yes, no, I quite agree. We need to outlaw this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, and 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 basically, just travel just needs to be it needs to have some cost, or however low it cannot be zero. If the cost is zero. Chaos. Chaos. Quite agree. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like that. We sort of concluded that. Um, that's, well, I think we're quite firm in our conclusion and we mm. all agree with one another. Um, question. What's the most opposite of teleportation that you've ever had? 
I think I'm. Gonna, I guess I'm asking what was your worst most journey. awful journey. I think I'm yeah. going to get that tomorrow. I'm supposed to be coming back into London for a stag do, and there are no trains, so getting out is going to be okay. You getting, need a teleporter. No, getting back is going to be difficult. How are you going to oh, do yeah. it? What are you going to do? Um, well, there's there's trains running to a certain time to a certain place, and I can get a taxi somewhere else, and then I'll take my bikes. So I'll prompt and here, there, and everywhere. And combination of taxis, bikes, and trains will. I like the yeah. jeopardy involved here. There's a yeah, there, yeah, so there's, there's, yeah, yeah. And I'll be half cut as well, so it's going to be even more. Ah, uh, you'll manage it. Could be worse. I tell you what, Peter. You could if, be you get, if you get totally blackout drunk, then you won't remember how you got home. Well, it'll be yeah. like having been teleported. It will be. You, yeah. you yeah. will also be on a bike, though, so that might not be the best strategy. I was just thinking, if a teleporter went wrong, you would literally be half cut. So it's going to be better <laughs> than that. Yeah. yeah, if only the top half got teleported. <laughs> you know I mean? um, so uh, I, I think the, the in the it's not quite the exact the op, the actual answer would be is standing still for uh, an infinite amount of <laughs> I time. Guess so. That would be the exact one divided by teleportation is standing still. But I think the, the so to go back to some of the things we were talking about before I had kids, me and my girlfriend used to go on long distance walks where we'd spend you know a week walking a uh walking you know a, a, along an interesting place e.g the grand union canal or hadrian's wall or uh, the cumbria way um i i think you know we and 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 they're very memorable enjoyable experiences you know the grand union canal we walked from london to birmingham and over the course of about a week and then when we uh went back to london we got the train almost along the same route and, you know, it took an hour and a half. And it was really strange experience to see, you know, you were like, oh, that was where we were on, uh, you know, on, on Thursday. And uh, that's where we were on Wednesday. And, you know, every 10 minutes you'd be going past something which was a whole, you know, a whole day's walk. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that, that I think it's sort of deliberately going as slowly as possible and really enjoying it. I certainly remember the walk more than I remember the train journey. And then, you know, by, by when coming back the other way, might as well have been teleporting. I've had a very similar experience. Yeah, uh, Chris? Uh, I think for me, something like um, uh, going on one of those um, tourist boats on the, uh, the Grand Canal in, in Venice. Um, there's something, you know, very, very visceral about that kind of... You can smell the the fuel you know rising the boats rocking from side to side there's loads of people it's hot you've got venice passing you by slowly on you know either side um and where you are just so sensually in the journey and the moment of of the of the travel um that teleportation would would rob you of and it, and it puts you in that place much more in some in some way because of that sensory element mm. i think for me it's probably um my first job after university was when i went and taught english in poland and this was in the early 90s um and i was in the middle of nowhere in poland and it took a long time to get there and once you were there you that was kind of it and this was pre-internet so very little way of communicating really and um i remember it was scary um, and psychologically quite challenging. Um, and it's such an alien place, or, and it's a, or it was at the time, or an alien culture to me, and it was bloody cold as well. Um, and so, yeah, um, I found it sort of emotionally, psycholo psychologically really difficult. And so I'm, I'm sure I was all nearly fell apart at various stages. However, 
it, 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 that's what getting through that challenge and those obstacles has made me the person that I am today that sits here before you. Um, it must in have all been my... dreadfully traumatic. Yeah, <laughs> and there, yeah. there's the best argument for yeah. teleportation I've heard all day. Um, and made me the psychologically, emotionally stable person that I am today. Yeah. Mm. Um, yes, there we go. All right, nice. Okay, let's stop there. Thank you, as always, uh, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrewer. I've been here with Nick Hare, Peter Coghill, and Chris Rag of Aleph. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.